There is so much irony in being in a state of joy or a state of pressure, burden, however you feel, you know, the weight of the world on your shoulders and you can still be in an alignment. That sounds wild. And today has been a day for the books. I'll talk more about it. Stay tuned. Welcome to Invisible Talks, where the truth, different perspectives and stories are discussed with invisible voices. Media outlets varying using anonymous sources. There's no such thing as off the record. But here on Invisible Talks, all of our stories are off the record. If you're good, put the pieces together. I'm your host, Tyra Elin, recording in the Podcast Town studio. I want to hear your story and perspective to make my life better. I'm tuned in. So most days I have a pretty good idea of how I got to where I got to. Whether it was a topic, a conversation, a space and place, but today, today I don't know. (laughs) For the topic that I had, for the plan that I have for today, none of those things. The topic, the plan, the location, my morning, (laughs) everything from when I woke up this morning till now is nothing as I've planned. And it is interesting because it birthed out what I believe the podcast topic is going to be today. And it's around this concept of alignment. I went to the other podcast town studio because we do have two studios. And I was talking to one of the staff members or the owner, not even staff member. And we have this interesting conversation because, you know, when you see someone you haven't seen in a while, it usually goes, how are you going? How are things been? Yada, yada, yada. So we walk down that journey, right? And what was birthed out of that was this concept of me feeling like if I could be on a spectrum and joy is all the way to the right side and a burden is all the way to the left, I feel neither. (laughs) But I don't know where I am in the middle or if I'm even on the spectrum. And I started laughing. And it's just like this space of discovery. And his response was along the lines of, isn't it funny how you can be in complete alignment and joy and in a space of burden? And I kind of just like chuckled. And I thought about that. And I thought about so many parables in the Bible. And I thought about so many personal situations that I've been in, how I may have felt a burden, but it was the necessary burden for things to come to pass, for conversations to be had, for action to take place. And then I could be in a state of joy and so excited. And my joy doesn't mean that everyone's joyful to responding to what's happening. And so my drive to this studio, I was just laughing because so many times in my life, I'm looking for these emotions to be my confirmation. I'm going to repeat that. So many times in my life, I am looking for my emotions to be my confirmation. They are not. They are not. Emotions can give me a sense of where I stand. If I'm frustrated, Tyra, what's at the root of your frustration? When I am tired and exhausted, is this exhaustion that I put on myself or necessary exhaustion for the growth of my family, the people I love, business, etc.? And so I was like, why am I leaning so much on my emotions? That is a non-negotiable. They're present. 
they're useful, but I can't lean on them, especially a woman like me with faith. I can't lean on them. And so I'm challenging you all to really think about that concept, the spectrum of joy being all the way to the right and the burden being all the way to the left. And you can be in a space where you feel like life is beating you up, hitting you in that rib, like right under your breast rib, where every time you get punched, you kind of crawl over a little bit more and more, and you're almost about to hit the ground. That battle is necessary not only for your journey, but those who are watching, those who are participating. There's opportunity growth for everyone. The catch is, because there's always a catch in life, that everyone has the gift of choice. And so although you're getting beat up, the other person has a choice whether they'll come and assist and aid you, if they'll let you fall, if they'll give you wisdom and encouragement to keep fighting. (laughs) This cycle of life is beautiful and profound all, you know, all at the same time, no matter what you're going through. And so I just laugh at my morning because I was like, Lord have mercy, what is happening? And so when I look at that spectrum, right, my first car ride (laughs) to drop my kids off this morning. I was really thinking about the concept that I thought I was going to talk about all day, loyalty versus righteousness and how I feel the struggle between those two, right? Because there's a lot of pressure put on relationships, you know, whether it's friendships, intimate relationships, siblings, parents to child, whatever, all of those relationships. It seems as if there's a desire to trust But often there's a question if I should trust, regardless of what the dynamic is. Something in the past has me hesitant on whether I should trust the person. And so I started to ask myself, like, how loyal are you, Tyra? And then I thought, like, do I even want to be loyal? I know that sounds wild, right? And because I was comparing it to righteousness. And so when I look at the definition of loyal, I'm going to actually pull it up. I'm not just going to say top of mind. We're going to go to Google as we often do, right? In the Oxford Dictionary. And it says the quality of being loyal. So it's a strong feeling of support and allegiance. That's loyalty. And then for righteousness, it's the quality of being morally right or justifiable. And so it's the goodness, the virtue. And the reason why there is a pause for me between the loyalty versus righteousness is because loyalty says that my allegiance to you will draw me to be on your side, despite if you're right or wrong. But righteousness says I stand on my morals to lead to what's right and wrong, and I'll follow those before I follow a system or a person. And so it's like this culture thing of I need to prove my loyalty to you any means necessary, but that can change based on my emotions, based on the circle. If I am, if I'm sitting here and debating if I'm going to be loyal to my mom or my husband because they're in the same room, who do I choose? But if I stand on righteousness, if I stand on what's morally right, it's not about who I choose, who I chose. It's about what's morally right. And so do I want someone in my corner who's always going to tell me what I want to hear because they want to be loyal? Or do I want someone in my corner who's going to stand on a foundation of being moral, morally right? having a virtue and a system that has nothing to do with bloodline, race, economics, personal gain. It is all about what's fundamentally morally right from their pureness of their heart. And sometimes there's a little toxic that can lead into leak into the the one's measurement of righteousness and what's morally right. Because again, we have these experiences that we have to digest. 
However, it's a little bit closer than me just saying, I like you or I want to be in your circle or I want to work for you. So I'm just going to stand up for you, even though I don't believe it's right. I just can't get jiggy with it. I can't get jiggy with it. And one of my experiences this morning, I was in the car on a major street and there was a school and a staff member who was addressing a parent about her children and their actions. And from the parents' response, she's been getting a lot of calls from the school about her children. And so she was frustrated and she was frustrated because she didn't know how to respond to her kids. I heard her saying that her kids have seen this in the household. It's not right, but I don't know what more to do. And you guys keep calling me. And what am I supposed to do? Right. So I heard a cry for help from the parent out of like my hands are tied and life is happening to me and I don't know how to respond. And then I hear the staff member saying, well, that's something you need to figure out. I can't give you parents any advice. And it just blew my mind because it was for me on the outside seeing the whole thing take place. Obviously, not knowing the mechanics of what the school has called this parent about and what the issues have been for her children. What I saw was a loyalty to a system on the staff's perspective of you need to get your child versus the morally Let me pull back and have compassion for this individual because she just spewed out her business. I mean, I'm not going to put everything that she said, but she gave it her all and she was honest with it and say, let me just pull back, pump the brakes a little bit because I'm all gas on her. I'm all gas on how she's doing nothing right. And I'm tired of her kids and her kids are a threat to the other kids. Although all of that may be facts, how she moved forward with it was questionable. Was it morally sound? And I could also hear in the staff, from the staff perspective, there was more going on with her because she didn't have the patience to deal with the parent. And that is her role as a staff member in my perspective. And so when I saw the situation, of course, I stepped in and said, hey, the kids are looking because the staff member yelling at a parent And kids witnessing that, in my opinion, is not morally correct. My loyalty to the school had nothing to do with me stepping in. And so I bring that up to say working for systems and just everyday life, skip working for systems, just everyday life requires us to make decisions that aren't going to be socially acceptable all the time. But are we so thirsty for the loyalty of a system or a person that will sacrifice our morals to be silenced? And I talked about this on a live shortly on the Invisible Talks podcast Instagram page about silence. There are so many levels of silence. There are times where I just needed to sit in the silence and I needed to gather myself and hear myself and see my life. And I think that is so important for us to do as individuals. And I'm not talking about the meditating space and I don't want to really get into that because I say meditate on the word, not meditate and cross your legs and all of that. No offense to those who do. It's just what we meditate on. We really speak that into our heart. And it's important for us to do the self-check in meditation, I think. And self-check, not just to 
cultural standards, but self-check to the word of God, not self-check to my feelings of how wrong everyone is and I'm right. Self-check to the standards that God has set for me to as his daughter. And so when I saw that situation and when I think about loyalty and I think about just like the fundamental ground of being more morally right, it's like in the silence, we can grow so much, but do we really want to grow or do we just want to fit into systems? Do we just want to fit in general? And it goes back to the spectrum because we have this concept of joy and burden. And when I'm burdened, how do I respond? And when I'm in a state of joy, how do I respond? And how do I get that spectrum to be consistent? Today, I found myself not really pinpointing where I was on the spectrum, but just responding to life in a, it'll be okay. And left it at that. And I think that is hard to do without living in the silence for a little while, without having a moral compass to stand on versus standing on my emotions that will lead me down a path of loyalty. And there's times where loyalty is beneficial. There are times where it is necessary to be to dedicate that love or let me go back to the definition of how it was on here to go back to that strong sense of support and allegiance like that is necessary right I come on the podcast I talk about my love for Jesus you know there's loyalty in that but there's also a standard that is put behind that and and sometimes our loyalty will bend and curve based on the person I know they're wrong but I'll stand behind them that's questionable. And so uh, I just full circle to everything that my morning has been and what I'm just seeing in the world is understanding that sometimes or there have been times I'm not going to put this pressure on all of y'all. I'm going to put it on me, too. There have been times where I've been in spaces of complete joy and there have been times where I've been in spaces of complete sorrow, but they've been in complete alignment with my life. And so maybe that parent and that teacher needed to have that conversation today so that there could be a standard set for how to deal with those situations moving forward. Maybe the situation and the chaos that you feel in your life right now is necessary because you're avoiding something in your life and it needs to be brought to life. There's so many hidden lessons in the joy or in the space of burden. And that is what I took from the conversation that I had this morning. Like, why do I need to pinpoint? Because I wanted to pinpoint to dictate a response. And I don't think that was necessary by any means. (laughs) It wasn't necessary. The point was to continue to go through, to continue to move forward in the space of feeling pressure or in the space of feeling joyful, just not losing me in it, right? And continuing to go forth despite who we want to have our allegiance with and not losing our moral ground is a purpose. You know, treat everyone how you would treat yourself from a space of love with compassion, not leaving people out because of what we can actually see, right? I have wrote this note this morning. Listen to what I tell you, not what you see. That's what I heard the Holy Spirit saying in terms of pledging the allegiance to systems or people versus being morally right. Like I can hear the voice of God guiding me to move a certain way, but I could see something that says completely opposite of his instructions. And he's like, you have to listen to what I tell you. Because you'll end up pledging your allegiance to something or a space that I never called you to. 
And I was like, can this be subjective? And I'm like, no, because God is the same God from the beginning of the word of God in the Old Testament to the end. It's just a matter of hearing his voice. And so I just, I was like, well, this day is just coming full circle because it really doesn't matter what state you are in. You can be in complete alignment with God. It's just that our emotions will combat that. That's also why I feel that so many believers, you know, invest into fasting and spending that spiritual time with God because in fasting, the senses are shut down and it's his voice you hear. The touch is important. The taste is important. All five senses that God gave us, they're useful and they have a place, but there are seasons as Solomon talks about all the time in the word of God. There are seasons where it is time to silence all of that and just hear from the manufacturer, the person who created you and said, this is what I need you to do. And not only hear, but go back for clarity, because there are times where I have heard very clear, but my thought wasn't his thought and I had to check myself. So I was just like, God, I don't know what today is. I don't know what you have for me. I don't know where I am on the spectrum. And honestly, I don't know if it matters. And I've come to the conclusion that it doesn't. What matters is that my hands are open to be used, that my words are seasoned with salt, and that I'm constantly, constantly doing inner checks and heart checks of where I stand. Because I have worked on certain things for months, for days, for hours, for years, and those things have been gone away with, tried to come back, yada, yada, yada. But every day there's something still for me to work on. There's something that I thought I, I let go. And you ever clean up? Oh, this happens to me all the time in my closet. I have a walk-in closet. I go in there. I do my spring cleaning, winter cleaning, whatever season we're transitioning into to take all of those clothes out. We're walking into summer, right? I'm going to take all my turtlenecks and my sweaters out. And then the next day, I'll be going through my clothes to figure out what I'm going to wear, and I'll see a turtleneck. There's always something left behind. I didn't know this was in here. It was caught between a bin. It was hung up in the very back and smushed between two dresses, and I didn't see it. And I look at my heart as the same thing. There's always something in there. There's always something in there that could cause me to act out of character because I'm operating on an experience that I no longer live in. But the situation reminds me of that. And so when I say heart checks and inner check and meditating in that silence, I think about the reoccurring thought that brings frustration. I have to address. And when I address it in prayer and the question is, where do you address it and how do you address it? Do you even address it? <laughs> right. Because we can spend a lot of time on that spectrum of joy and feeling the burden. But it really doesn't matter if we don't know how to pick up the pieces if we don't know how to clean ourselves up and put ourselves back together and then be okay with being in a space of feeling burdened and still moving forward, but not moving forward on those emotions because that is my daily exercise. I have not mastered that y'all. I'm talking about something that I am constantly working on, being in a state of chaos, being in a state of confusion, being in a state of discomfort and still moving forward outside of those emotions and what is necessary. The best example I could give to that is every night I have this goal to do these three lines, this mantra, 
that I have taught my girls and there is more than three lines to learn, but we're at line three and I think we got to get to like line 15 by the end of the year. And the goal is to have it memorized, right? And so we do that. We say a prayer and I have to read them a book. And what I found was when I first started this charge at the beginning of the school year, the day that daddy has upset mommy, she's not reading a book. <laughs> she And she may say a prayer, right? And so then when I realized it was impacting my ability to be consistent with my kids, I started to challenge myself, especially if it was because my husband said something that frustrated me or I had a lot to do. I didn't want my children to see that when something goes wrong, I shut down or I don't show up how I'm supposed to. So that was my consistent like challenge to myself. And so school started in September. We are now at the end of the school year, right? And last night, long behold, I come home late and dad was in charge, right? And so dad knows all the things that mom doesn't allow. And I think he intentionally allows it when I'm not there to either get on their good side or to make mommy frustrated because I frustrated him. Who knows, right? I'm just saying stuff out loud. Only he can tell tell me how he feels about it, right? And so I get home, the girls had water bottles out, chips on the couch, didn't put their clothes up, stuff that we do, which is part of our nightly routine. I have them clean up their whatever mess you made, you clean it up. And of course, I'm still going to go and clean the house after them, but they have to start to take responsibility for their, their toys and their mess and their snacks. And so they were up, it was 1030 and I have them go to bed at like eight. I've been stretching it if they have a nap to 8.30. And so I go in their room and they're watching TV. And I said, oh, no, you guys are watching TV. You can clean up. So they go clean up their toys, their snacks, all of that. We go in the room. We said a prayer. Did I do the mantra? I cannot recall if I did the mantra, so I probably didn't. And I know I didn't read the book. And so after they went to sleep, it was like 10 minutes later and I laughed and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't fully commit to the plan because I knew I had a lot to clean up. And so those are the things that like I'm holding myself accountable. Life cannot break me down to where I don't show up where I'm supposed to show up. And it's the little things, but it creates discipline. And reading the books is actually fun. As long as I'm in a space to actually read whatever book they picked. So the point is heart checks are important. That inner work is important because it's a domino effect to all the people that I touch. So if I'm not looking at myself, if I'm not being mindful, I can't see the crumbs that I'm dropping for everyone around me to eat. They're not dogs, but they will pick up the crumbs unconsciously and sometimes consciously. So be aware, because regardless of what side of the spectrum you're on in a space of joy or a space of burden, show up the same. That's what I'm challenging myself. And that's what I'm challenging you. So I'm going to close out with a note from How to Be More Tree-like, because I don't think I have popped this baby open in a while. And of course, this is a book. This is a tree that I have read probably three times and it always speaks to the episode and today is no different. It is look on the bright side and it's the chestnut tree. 
It says, learning to live in the moments mean when good times come around, you're open to making the most of them. Every May, chestnuts grow beautiful blossoms known as candles. The smell attracts lots of insects and everyone is invited to a big old polling party. This good vibe feeling brings rewards in shapes of pollination and it comes in the autumns of bogs heavy with these glossy cankers. And sure, one day it will be winter again, but the sun shines and the party goes and the flowers grow. How connected is that? It's so connected. It is May. We're closing out the month of May. And at the end of the day, we have to look at everything around us and appreciate the good that's being learned, even in the times of pressure. Because in pressure, diamonds are made. Until next time. That's all we've got for today's episode here at Podcast Town Studio. These stories, they connect us. The ultimate question, what was the journey like to freedom? Wait, freedom is agreeing to disagree, different perspectives, healing from within, all because life and legacy are complex. We see people everywhere, but do we really see them? Their thoughts, griefs, pain or struggles? To be strong is to heal. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he will help you catch your breath. Remember to breathe. You're stronger than you think. Make sure you stay connected by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Invisible Talks Podcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Tyra Elam.